This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's Word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's Word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. It's the last psalm in the first book, in the book of Psalms. I know you don't, you, many of you don't, may not realize that, but there's, I think, four books in the book of Psalms. And the first 41 psalms are almost, I think they're exclusively psalms of David. After 41, you begin to get a scattering. And in fact, the next 10 or so psalms are, are psalms from other people. The sons of Asaph are a primary one that they are. And anyway, there's, then we'll begin to get psalms from other people and I'll be able to look at those and see those. But we're leaving David today. This is the last one. To, this is uh, the Psalm of David. And it said, I waited patiently for the Lord. That's a, that's a, that's a uh, learned um, trait of maturity is the ability to wait on God and wait and see what he's going to do. Oftentimes we rush into dealing with situations because we feel like if we don't deal with it in the moment, that whatever the situation is will overwhelm us and we'll get it'll get out of control for us. And now that's true if something's caught on fire and that's true if somebody's drowning and that's true if somebody's cut themselves and bleeding, you probably need to act quickly and move decisively to fix the problem. But I found that probably 90, in the high 90% of the things that you deal with each and every, do not require you to act instinctually, but more likely require for you to act with with a well thought out, wise plan to deal with the situation. And that does not happen if you act impetuously, quickly, if you allow fear and doubt and those things to overwhelm, you don't get the facts in. And so your solution oftentimes does not does not include all the information that it could have included if you had waited on the Lord. If you'd if you'd have waited and been patient and allowed God to open your eyes and allow you to see what's going on. And oftentimes the situation is not for you to resolve. Oftentimes the situation is something for somebody else to resolve and for you to be a help in it, not the one who steps up and does it. And uh, I can't uh, emphasize that enough. Do you regularly wait patiently for the Lord to tell you? Because he says, and he inclined to me, meaning God leaned over and had conversation. And notice he said, and he heard my cry. He, he recognized the situation David was in, and he heard what David had to say. And that is God. And that's also God listening and then God allowing time for you to get past the emotions <clears throat> that probably shouldn't dictate the situation and allow him to feed you the truth that can deal with the situation. And said, he also brought me up out of the horrible pit. 
Notice God delivered him out of the situation, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. That is, a, this is a clear process that David is going through. I waited patiently. God inclined and heard me. He lifted me up out of the situation. He pulled me from the clay that was wrapping around my feet. And when I stepped in it, it shrunk and sucked in. He pulled me out of it. He noticed he didn't tell me how to get out of it. God actually pulled him out of the situation, a situation he couldn't get himself out of. He said, he pulled me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock. Notice he moved me from, he moved me from the trap and he placed me in a place where I could have sure footing and stand on my own. He says, and he established my steps. And that's a theme throughout the book of Psalms. God orders the steps of the righteous, meaning he sets a path. He's a way maker. He, he makes the path for us to follow. And it's an even path. It's a path on rock and solid. And so that's David is, David's going through the process that he went through as a king, as a leader, as a ruler, as a mighty warrior. Uh, he, he's going through the process of how God deals with his people when they are in a time of trouble or a difficult time. He says, he has put a new song in my mouth. Notice, he taught me something new, and now I sing to him about those things. And that's why a new song is always a good thing, because it uh, usually comes from, sometimes now they're production-oriented songs, but generally speaking, these songs that come from churches and and come from people who are regularly leading and pastoring in worship. They they sing a new song from the situation that they find, find themselves in life as leading people, as seeing people in struggles and difficulties. And a new song comes from it because God's do, done something that they, they, that may have been done many times before for others, but it's a new song for them because it's a new time for them to be able to hear it and sing it. And that's why we sing new songs. We sing new songs because God is revealing new things to us. Not Maybe not new, new things to humanity, but new things to us as individuals and us as, as individual congregations and us as individual uh, believers who meet together on a regular basis. He says, he's put a new song in my mouth. Notice the song didn't come from David. The song came from God uh, doing his work and that that put that new song in so many times David was a worship David was a uh, was a, a man who who worshiped a lot he was a worshiper he was a, he was a writer of music I found that the up front always in my life I found that there's that there's three types of people up there leading singing they're singers and you always need some singers I'm making a joke share sings good that's a singer and then you've got uh, worship leaders, which are people who have the gift of leading worship and have the gift of leadership and people follow them into worship. You can tell who they are. Those are the people that they're just natural. People want to sing when they lead singing. They're just, they're just worship leaders. And then you have, and then you have worship pastors and that, those are very difficult. They're not always uh, ready to be had. They're, they're people who are pastors who are able to actually teach and lead and in not just worship, but in life. And they just so happen to have the gift of worship. And those are special people. And if you ever find one, you need to be thankful that you have one. And the the idea of having new songs and leading worship and getting people 
to see new things and for worship to be revel revelatory, meaning re revealing God to people as they sing those songs. It's a very powerful time. Worship is a very powerful time. So many people say, well, I got a lot out of your sermon. You can get a lot out of worship also. And uh, worship touches the passion and and the sermon touches the intellect. And so the whole soul is healed and the whole soul is taught. And David's talking about that. He said, when I went through this situation, God gave me a new song. That's really worship pastor and what he's doing right here. He says, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Notice that the work God's doing in David's life, there's the pattern. Wait patiently. God hears us, God delivers us, God places us in a, on a strong spot. God puts a testimony in our hearts. And, and for David, that was always in the form of a song. That testimony is heard and seen by others and God is glorified and trusted because of it. Pattern, three verses, that's how God deals with situations in your life. And if you can follow that pattern on a regular basis, wait patiently, Allow God to incline his ear to you. Allow God to work in the situation. Allow uh, God to uh, place your feet on a strong path. Hear what God has taught you. Make it a part of your testimony, whether it be uh, verbal or whether it be singing. And then allow God to glorify himself in that situation. What a powerful uh, pattern he's talking about there. He said, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust meaning you're blessed if you follow that pattern and you learn to trust God. He says, and does not respect the proud nor search as turn aside to lies, meaning you don't listen to the things that the world's telling you to do. And you don't listen to those who think themselves better than, that think themselves better than God. You listen to what God's got to say. He says, many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works, meaning just because you've done this for me, that's just a drop in the bucket. Your wonderful works are a multitude, he says, he says, and which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. Meaning, God, we can't even come up with all the things that you've done and we can't recount how God has. And you've been sitting around the table talking about the things that you've seen and done and, and people bring up things from 20 years ago and then they'll bring up things from 30 years ago and then they'll bring up things that happened last week and, and you can't even recount them in order because when God's at work in our life, he's doing good and big and great things all the time. And don't allow fear and worry and doubt to keep you from seeing the work of God's hands in the midst of those things. He says, if I would declare and speak to them, they are more than can be numbered. They are. God's mercy and his works and, and his thoughts and actions toward us are more than we could ever imagine and more than we could ever number or count. That's what, that's what happens when you allow God to take you through the process of dealing with life. And that really is the process of dealing right. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. He's going to say this a couple of times in the book of Psalms. And it's a theme of all the prophets, some of the major prophets and minor prophets. And it's the understanding that they received the sacrificial system on the mountaintop and they began to sacrifice. And there began to be a realization that the sacrifice of animals was not changing the hearts of people. It was atoning for their sin, 
but it was not changing who they were. And then there also became the, became, became the realization that the law did not fix people. The law just identified the problems with people. And that's true. The law's purpose uh, is not to fix you. It cannot fix you. It just shines a light on your issues. And uh, it's a hangman. It's a schoolmaster. It, it teaches you what's right and wrong, but it does not teach you how to do right because it just identifies the evil within you. And even Jesus in the Sermon on the taught that. He, he, he brought that about. He said, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I say unto you, any man who looks on a woman lust in his heart. What he's saying is the heart is the issue. He said, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit murder, but I say unto you, anyone who has killed, anyone who has hated someone, it's committed murder. That's that thought. About, that's that 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 idea that it's not the outward things that are going on. It's a heart issue, and the heart issue is the real issue. And the heart issue is the real issue that God is trying to deal with. The outward expressions of your heart issue are sin, but your heart issue is the sin that all the actions emanate from. And so he said. So when once they realize that, they realize there's got to be something that can change the hearts and the minds of God's people or of people in general. And, and, it, and the rules are not doing that. The law is not doing that. Well, we've come to find out that the truth is that God's grace and his mercy is, is complete and perfect sacrifice through Jesus. And our relationship that's born of those things with God is what changes us. Us walking with God individually and having an individual relationship with him is what brings about true life change in somebody's heart and mind. And <clears throat> these Old Testament figures are, are understanding that. It's really not about the rules. It's about, it's about me dealing with God in my own heart, in my own mind. That's what changes things. And so this idea of sacrifice and offerings God does not desire our sacrifice and offerings in the sense that he does not, that he does not want what he's working out is not, uh, atoning for sin. That's not the transaction that's taking place. That's not the issue that's being dealt with. He atoned for our sins, but he atoned for our sins for the purpose of us being with him. Even that mountaintop experience with Moses was for the purpose of us having relationship with him. He wanted his people to come up and tabernacle with him on top of the mountain, but they would not go. And so even today, God is calling your name and saying, will you come and tabernacle with me on top of the mountain? He says, my ears you have opened, burnt offering and sin offerings you did not require. Uh, notice, David said, he said, you opened my ears so me and you can actually have a relationship. The sacrifices is not the end result of what God wanted. He said, then I said, behold, I come, and in the scroll of the book, it is written of me. Notice, he says, I'm coming to you, and you have written my name in your book. You have, you have made me one of yours. He said, uh, I delight to your will, O oh my God, and your law is within my heart. So now we see, he says, I figure out that it's not about your your law, it's about your will, and I began to delight in it. And when I began to delight in it, I could live by the law. The law became something that I could 
I, I lived by, not by works, but by faith. The law began, began to change my heart. I, my heart began to fall in line because the law is a revelation of his character. And so my character, once I began to have a relationship with you, my character began to be like your character, Father. And so you, I began to be like you, to act like you, to walk like you, to, to do what you do and do the things that you do. And so then the law becomes alive in us. Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, but to bring about its fulfillment. It fulfill, it's fulfilled in that relationship. I do it because he is the one I'm walking with and I'm no longer walking hand in hand with the world and with sin and with death. He says, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness. Notice now that I've been changed, I tell people and righteousness of what? Faith. A, a rightness that comes by faith in God, in, in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know. Notice what he said. I say, I speak of the works of God all the days long. I sing of those things um, each and every day. And I tell people in the assembly, when we come together, I talk about your, your, your great works and your goodness as it runs after me, as it chases after me. And so he says, I've not hidden your righteousness within my heart. Notice he said, I let it out all the time. I don't hide it. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. He's saying, I'm telling it all, brother, tell it all. He says, I've not concealed your loving kindness and your truth. Boy, he's giving, he's, he's going into a praise time. I'm, I'm not going to hide your, he says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to restrain myself in the assembly. I'm not going to restrain my lips. I'm going to speak. He says, I'm not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I'm, I'm going to tell of your uh, uh, righteousness that comes by faith. I'm going to declare your faithfulness and your salvation because you're true and faithful to what you say and you say, he says, I'm not concealing your loving kindness. I love that word again. I always bring it up. Loving kindness, not only just kindness, but kindness born of a true and abiding love. He said, and your truth from the great assembly. I'm telling everybody about what you do. He says, do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. He says, I'm going to give it all to you. I, I know you're going to give it all back. You're going to give me your mercies, your tender. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. He says, as I move forward and, and tell of who you are, you preserve me with those things. I'm going to speak in faith of the things that you've done. And I'm asking you to to tell what's going on for innumerable evils have surrounded me. He said, because I'm going into the pit. I'm going into the battlefield. I'm going into the place where evil's all around. He said, my iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. Notice I'm, when I'm in the midst of all this, sometimes my sin flares up again. He says, they are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. And when you begin to look at your own sin nature, that's what happens. Even yeah, and, and boy, isn't this the way even our lives work? We show up to church and we're, we're, it's powerful and it's mighty and, it, and God moves. And I'm thankful that I'm at a place where God's people come and they seek out God and they come to sing and they come to worship and they come to, to hear and they come to, uh, to speak what God's doing in their lives. And boy, boom, God shows up and there's a great, great elation and great feelings of, of love and power. And then there's great change that takes place. But then we go back out into the world and we're speaking all that stuff and evil surrounds us and our sin nature is still the struggle and we always have it. And it seems like our sins are, are multiplying around us because our sin nature is rough. It's rough. And he says, that sin seems to be more than the hairs on my head. 
He says, therefore, my heart fails me. And, and notice we're going back down into the pit, back down into the struggle, going back down, back to verse one. He says, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Notice he, he's back in the situation that led to him to start in verse one. He says, let me be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual uh, confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backwards and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Notice he says, I need you to deal with these things and these people. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, aha, meaning those who want to point out our issues and our problems. He says, shame them and keep them from me. He says, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Whereas he's letting God be God again. He's letting God take over again and be in control. He says, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let us rejoice in what you do. Let such a love, uh, let such as love your salvation say continue. Notice those who love the work of God in their life, the sozo, the sanctification, the salvation of God, those who love that in their life say continually, can you say these things all the time? Uh, that's the question that I'm asking you right now. He says, let them say this, the Lord be magnified. Can you say that? Uh, in my life be magnified. Can you say that? In my life be magnified. Lord be magnified but I am poor and needy, I'm nothing before you, yet the Lord thinks upon me. He says, I'm, I'm poor and needy, I'm nothing, and, and yet God has considered me. He says, you are the help and my deliverer. You are my help and my deliverer. You're the one who I am to wait patiently on and allow you to deliver me. Do not delay, oh my God, meaning come, come to me quickly, Lord. Can you say that, that the Lord be magnified in my life? but I'm poor and needy and the Lord considers me or he thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Meaning I wanna see you moving. I wanna see who you are. I want you to show yourself and show off for me in my life and, and show off for the others around me so that they might see your hand at work. Really need to see joy going on and life being given. I hope that's uh, true for you this morning. I hope you can be those things. I hope hope this uh, this psalm has been a, a source of uh, encouragement and strength and, and the Bible study also. Don't judge the deliverer. Enjoy, enjoy the word when we meet together. And that's what we're gonna do. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.